And so, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can celebrate what you've already done and spoken to us about. And I pray, Lord, that as we just turn to your word right now, that you will help us to, to grab hold of what you want to say to us today. I pray for that in Jesus' name. And so we have been doing this journey through a particular book called The Letter of Paul to the Colossians for over half of this year, I think. And it's been an incredible journey. And as we reflected on that, we came upon just the value of what the gospel ought to have in our lives. And we spoke about the gospel and I. And last week, Kilton did a good job of just helping us understand that this gospel is Jesus and that we need to preach Jesus and proclaim him in whatever we do and wherever we go. And I want to finish this series and this journey about Colossians and, and what God spoke to us about from there and, and the gospel focus this morning by, first of all, using a simple word called partnership partnership and those of you that would have read up a little bit about it and understand it a little bit more would know that the word actually just means cooperation it means association it means collaboration relationship it also means fellowship which is really what the bible when we see the word partnership in the greek particularly in the new testament we see that it's a the word koinonia koinonia which really means fellowship and that in the gospel, God wants us to partner. He wants us to fellowship, not just have a meal together. But he wants us to share, to cooperate together. And that's really what I want us to finish up with this morning. And, and I'm going to go take you back to Colossians. But I want to take you through a little bit of a journey after we've looked at Colossians and just introduced it again. Because this is what I have seen as I reflected on this word, partnership, and how Paul uses it to help us understand that each one of us have a responsibility. So quickly, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, there's something going to be put on you today that you may have never understood. You're supposed to be partnering with me. We're partners, and not the partner in a, in a love relationship, so don't, don't get too excited about that if you're unmarried but it's about partnering in the gospel. So Colossians chapter 1 is where we're going to start again, and we've read this many times, but I want you to see something perhaps different. Colossians chapter 1, and, um, and a few things together here. From verse 3, it says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith. So again, the context, Paul is writing to some believers in a city called Colossae, and he says something about them that he has heard. He's never been there. He's never met them. All right? He says, I have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love of your, uh, that you have for all the saints because of the hope that laid up for you in heaven. That's just why you have faith and love. He says, of this you have heard. These things that I have heard about you, I have heard that you heard from somebody else about it. So somebody came and introduced you to this. And he says, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, this truth, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, 
it is it as it is also does as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth just as you learned it from Epaphras our beloved fellow servant he's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit so just some key things here it says that the the word he's writing to the church in Colossae, the believers, he says, the word has come to you through Epaphras, this amazing guy that seemingly got saved somewhere else and went to the city Colossae and he introduced the truth, the gospel to them. So Paul is saying, it came to you through him and we have now become aware of your love through him, your love for God. Epaphras brought it to you he's come to me here in Rome he's told me about what's happening there and I've heard about what's going on through Epaphras it says subsequently we Paul and you guys here in Colossae we're in this thing together called the gospel that's what he says here we always thank God for you we've heard of your faith we've heard of your love we've know that you have hope and it's because Epaphras has come to introduce you to it, and we can now hear of it through him coming to us. And now this partnership that they have, that they have not even met each other. Paul has not been there. None of them but Epaphras has come to Paul. But Paul has something that he shares with them. And that's what I want to call this partnership. It's now... So touched Paul's heart what he heard about them that he cares about their well-being. He says, I care about you. And you read about that in verses 9. He says, and so from the day we heard, Epaphras coming to me, telling me about you. From the day I heard about this, we have not ceased to pray for you. How's that? I don't know how many days that had been. Maybe one day we can ask Paul that. But since Epaphras has come to tell me, Paul, about you, I have not ceased to pray for you. I don't know who you are. But Epaphras has told me so much about you. I am concerned for you. My heart goes out to you. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting down writing a letter to you. Because I am partnering with you. We are sharing something. We have something in common. And so we read what he shares with them. He says, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, verse 9. So that in verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. But Paul is saying, everything I hear about you so pleases me, but there are things that I hear about that also concerns me. And so I'm praying for you. And we see this letter expounding on that and saying, this is my heart to you. I hear this about you. And this is what I love for you. I'm praying this for you. Partnership has come into being. And Paul is not just, oh, that's great. Bless you guys. Go well. April first, have a great journey. And uh, enjoy church. No, he writes a letter, folks, because there's partnership that has come into being. And I, having been with the young people this week, I saw some amazing things. I've been on similar camps before. And I then also saw amazing things. But in one moment during the camp, 
that's kind of what, what triggered why I want to talk about partnership. Is that I realized, and I say this carefully and respectfully and humbly, I realize that there are young people who are being transformed by God because they've been able to be on this camp and, and they've gone and they've opened their hearts to the Lord. But I realize that they are lacking a partnership in what they are pursuing because many of them will go back home and there will not be partnership in the gospel between them and their parents, between them and their siblings, between them and their friends. And it's so difficult for them to keep on pursuing that because there's not partnership taking place. And I realized that actually we need the parents to go on camp. And I know that's a big ask because <laughs> everybody's busy. And I'm not saying we're going to do that. I'm just saying that, that, that the biggest need that we have is for adults to grab hold of the gospel so that the f children would have partnership from their parents in what they want to pursue. But I have seen, and they, that's why the sad moment came. Because I know many kids that have come back from camp before. And have not had partnership at home. Either their parents hoping that the kids' lives will be sorted out and so they send them on camp, like we often do send them to a Christian school, send them to a Christian church or Christian life, a youth group. Like, well, let them sort them out. But when they come home, there's no partnership. There's no synergy. There's no cooperation. And the kids, and that's when the sad moment hit me, and I realized I know such kids. I know such kids that aren't on camp and weren't on camp. And I know why. Not because I think I'm so great and mighty and wise. I just know that the, the parents aren't living the life that enables the kid that when they come home from a huge high-five moment in the spirit of, yeah, Jesus, I want to live for you. Get home. And there's not cooperation. There's not partnership in the gospel. And my heart started aching in a sense. I'm like, God, this is not right. I'm on a mission. I'm going to try to see guys this week. Because I know that the kids aren't there because they weren't supported by this partnership in the gospel during the year so that the kid could go again. And it's not about once a year moment. Camp is not the issue. It's just during the camp, there are kids that, that are desperate for God. They come on moments like that. And they go home and they're not supported in what they've decided to do there. And it dwindles and they drift from what they were presented with on a camp. And listen, the camp is just one example. There are many examples. It's how are we supporting our families here today? I'm speaking to you as the audience. How do you support your family, your wife, your husband, your employers? How are you partnering in the gospel with them? And the amazing thing is some of these people, like, like Paul, he had never even met them. 
and he didn't even meet them after this. He died without knowing them. But you read his heart in Colossians, and you see that there's huge partnership taking place there. He's a, he has a concern for them. I'm asking you this morning, do you have a concern, not just only for your own pursuit of the gospel, but for the people around you? Are you partnering with people to help them in their growth in the gospel? Because you ought to. You each have a responsibility to do that. No matter what age you are, we have a responsibility to see growth take place around us by our pursuit of Jesus and then collectively bringing that into an existence in the people around us. You have a response. You cannot just bring people to a meeting like this and say, it's my responsibility or the elders from up here. You teach us the ways of the Lord. And so then we will see the ways of the Lord increase in people's lives. No, this is a partnership, people. We're all collectively in this. All right? You cannot run away now. You've heard this. <laughs> We all share in this. And if you don't know how to do it, then you ask. But you are responsible, as Jesus said, go and make disciple of all, disciples of all nations. You are supposed to partner in the gospel with fellow believers and see other believers and new believers and unbelievers come into this thing called the gospel. We have a responsibility towards that. And... I saw that this week again, the importance of partnering in the gospel, that we ought to all work together in this pursuit of seeing people become more like Christ and the gospel increasing in our lives. And you have a responsibility in your own life to see it increase. If you go back a year from now, the 15th of December 2018, and you just try to imagine, what was my life like on the 15th of December last year? What did I go through? Have I grown in my faith? Has things increased? Have they increased to the effect where I can see that the image of Christ and the life of Christ and the lifestyle of, of what it means to be a Christ follower has increased? Ham Am I partnering with other believers to such an extent that growth can take place? Or am I a lone ranger out of my own? I come to a Sunday meeting, I sit there in a pew, and I smile, and I greet, and I drink coffee, and I'm, but I'm not actually partnering. I'm just sitting on a chair, and I like my chair. Don't take my chair. But partnering means I look out for you. And that's what I said. Just a simple exercise. Why don't you go and try and find someone that you've never met before, you've never spoken to before, and try just to meet them. That's the starting point of partnering. Where you just reach out and say, I don't know you. Just tell me who you are. Have people in your home that you've never had before. It's great to have the same people always come. And we get used to that. And we get familiar with just, I mean, I know when they come, this is what we eat. And that's what we shouldn't eat. And that's what we drink. And that's what we shouldn't drink. But have strangers in your home a bit. Even from within here. Let's partner in this gospel so that the king can come and take hold of our lives so that the world can see that there's genuine, genuine church. This is what Paul did. And if you read all of his letters... 
You see that reiterated and confirmed every time. I, I don't have enough time to go through it all. But I started off reading through Romans. I looked at 1 Corinthians. I looked at Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. And you see Paul talking about this partnership thing. And he says the gospel is not just to get you to heaven. The gospel is something that we connect ourselves with and we connect to others through. And so your connection to God is as strong as your connection to others. We've got a partner, people. This is not an organization where you just come and sign your name and, and you know, dot it down and you're like, okay, I'm on the list now. That's great. I'm at least on some database, some membership list somewhere. Do you belong to a church? Yeah. No, I'm talking about partnerships. And many people often, actually, they, they, when they talk about membership in a church, they really use the word partner. Say, so are you a partner somewhere? Not are you on a list. But are you a partner with what God is doing here at King City Church or at any other church where you're from? If you're a visitor this morning from another church, you're so welcome. We do not try to force you into what we do here. But I'm trying to teach us a principle of engaging people of making sure that the way that I live, when people start engaging around me, it's going to be conducive for their growth in the Lord. And that's why, first of all, if you're a parent here this morning, whether your children are out of home already, they're with you, whatever age they may I'm, I'm begging you. I'm begging you this morning. Please partner with your children in the gospel. So that when your children are with you, because they spend a lot of time with you, that they will see something of Christ in your life. That you will not put it on the church or on some school or whatever institution to teach them the ways of the Lord, to show them with the gospel, what the gospel is. But it's your responsibility, my friend. I'm coming over strong this morning, but I'm passionate about it. Because I've seen, I've seen children's lives. And I've just heard some stories this week of children that were on camp but they've drifted away. And I'm trying to figure out who they are now. That's not the issue. Children have drifted away because they went back from camp and they didn't find partnership in the gospel at home. I'm telling you, we ought to as friends. That's why when the other day when we did the dedication, remember when we did the child dedication and, 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 and um, the uh, Oldberries were up here and the Terrans were up here. We said to all of you, you partner with them in raising their children. That's their primary responsibility for sure. But you better make sure that you partner with them. If you see them drifting off from God, you confront them in love. Don't just leave them. Say, oh, tough. But they stood up here and they knew that. That they're making a public statement and saying, I want to serve God and through that enable my children to also serve Him. They were saying, I'm partnering with God to raise my children and I'm partnering with you to raise my children in the ways of the Lord. And if you see something that is, is, is different or, or, or just completely off target in terms of that, please help me. Please speak to me. And that's just the raising of children. It's my own life too. Here's my life. And I'm asking you to partner with me so that I can keep on serving Jesus. I need you. I'm not talking about criticism and judgment. I'm talking about love. 
and correction. Where you see me drifting, you speak to me. And it's a vice versa thing. And we do that amongst each other. We lovingly guide each other towards Christ-likeness. Folks, we cannot just toy around with church. We cannot just pretend that you know, church is just everything and the meeting on a Sunday is where it all starts and ends. It's a lifestyle. It's reaching across racial, language, cultural, gender barriers and reaching into each other's lives because we care about one another. There's a genuine concern I have for you. And you, I know, for me. And for our families. And for your children. You for my children. And, and let's get to know each other in such a way that partnership truly takes place. That it's not just, oh, we're all on the same list. You're high up because your surname is a B or a C. I'm a V. I'm down here at the bottom. That doesn't mean that there's partnership. But partnership is, hey, Tom, I'm interested in your life, buddy. I want to know how you are, how your marriage is, how your children are doing. And I'm not condemning or judging you as I ask you that. I'm just interested in you and your spiritual growth. And I expect the same from you towards me. We look out for one another. Say, Vic, how are you? It is great to see you. But it's more important to know how you are than just seeing you. That's what partnership is, folks. That's why we've got to get to know more people. Don't just be content with your little block. Come on. You've got to step across the room and go and meet other people. You've got to find out who those other people really are. Otherwise, we're just one big blob of people, but there's no connection. Come on. And so as we read this together, we see in, in other letters, and may I just take you to one or two, where this beautiful thing of partnership is wonderfully illustrated. Where God uses Paul to teach us a value of we belong together and we have to look out for one another. So Romans chapter 1, you find how he introduces these letters. And, and, and I just took these lenses this week and I said, God, I see the need of stronger partnership in the gospel. I see this need of stronger partnership in the church between one another, between children and parents, and between parents, between husbands and wives, between friends, between colleagues. I'm just, we've got a partner. We, we have something in common. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. How can we partner so that He can be glorified? Even in the city, we need partnerships between churches. And it's not, hey, we've got to necessarily meet together on a Sunday, but we rejoice in what God does everywhere. We drive past Fazax, we see this big monstrosity going up there. That's a church being built. We're like, oh, yeah, that's not huge. We're like, oh, frowning, whatever. Maybe I just do that. But I realize I, got, I want to partner with them. I want to celebrate what God's doing in them. And through them, it's a brilliant building. They're going to be able to reach thousands of people. Like, great, Jesus. That's wonderful. If they keep on preaching the kingdom of God, I'm with them. If they preach a different kingdom, I'm like, I don't know, buddy, if I can partner with you when you do something that's not biblical. But if they do the kingdom and the Bible and Jesus, yay, I'm with you. New Creation Church just down the road here in, in Belmont. The other day, 
they, they, they opened up this brilliant facility for children. I don't know how many of you saw that. It's a children's playground. Anyone? Yeah, yeah, some of you saw it. They, they had in, their, in this warehouse of theirs, they had one specific area renovated into a children's playground where somebody went in and, and built this amazing thing where children can climb up and slide down and crawl there and crawl left and take your children there. It's fun. And I rejoice in that because we're partnering. They, they are partners in the gospel. They're not our enemies. No church is an enemy to another. We're partners. We've got to rejoice in what God does elsewhere. And not be envious and, and be arrogant and, and be proudful of what God does. No, it's nothing. We're partnering together. And so... Paul could write to the church in Rome and rejoice and encourage. Paul could write to the church in Thessalonica, hence the letter to the Thessalonians. Paul could write to the church in Corinth, hence the letter to the Corinthians. So Paul was partnering with all these guys. What does it say? He says, don't just become... You know, build an allegiance with one church. And it's great that we are friends and we are family in here. But this is not your identity. You're not a King City Church member. You're a follower of Jesus first. Okay? You happen to just meet together and, and celebrate life together as Christians and followers of God this way. And various other ways. But you're not identified. Oh, which church you go to? No, no. That's not my identity. My identity is which God do I serve? All right? And you see that as Paul wrote these letters to individual churches. And he celebrates each one of them in each city. Meaning that there's value in each local church. And I know that today, if you would write to the church in Bulawayo, a letter to the Bulawayans, there will be plenty of churches that ought to receive that. But none of us are supposed to be in, in, uh, in battle with each other. We need to be partners. And that partnership starts at home, first of all, where we partner with each other. And maybe your partner as a husband or a wife is not necessarily partnering with you in the gospel. And we pray God for a breakthrough in that area. But there are people that you can't partner with and that you trust God that your pursuit of Him will influence their lives. Oh, look at the time. But Romans 1 and verse 7, it says the following. It says, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. It doesn't take, say to those in Rome that are perfect and, and, and come to church every week and, and, and you know, give so much and, and do this for the church and, and whatever. It's just all those of you who love God. And loved by God, by the way, and called to be saints. Not be dependent upon their behavior. Grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, the Lord Jesus. And then he says to them, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. How's that? It's a beautiful thing that partnerships means that I value your faith and I'm, I'm not intimidated by it. And I'm thankful to God for it. It says, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Beautiful, eh? So I heard of your faith, and I celebrate your faith. Partnership with you means that if I see your faith and I hear about your faith, I rejoice as I hear it. I rejoice about it. I'm not envious. 
I'm not judgmental about it. I'm not critical about it. But I rejoice. I celebrate your faith. Now guess what? You've got to know a little bit about people before you can know about their faith. Would you not agree? I maybe know some of your faces here this morning, but I don't know your faith. By virtue of you being in a meeting where we talk about faith in Jesus, I would make an assumption to say that I, I think you have faith in Christ, or you're trying to pursue a faith in Christ, or want to know more about a faith in Christ, but I actually don't know about your faith. Unless I walk across the room, I get to know you, I hear your name, and I engage you, and I start talking to you. And eventually, it ends up in a discussion about faith. Not just the weather, the politics. I don't know. With all due respect, I don't want to know about your politics. Seriously. I really don't want to know about your politics. We need to know about each other's faith. That takes an effort to do that. To really get to know. We can go on Google and, and on what Facebook and, and find out a lot about people. About their stance on this and their stance on that. And I'm not saying that you've got to profess Jesus on, on Facebook. Because it's easy to do it there. It's different to do it at home. And to partner with people that you see daily. And this thing of, don't ever send me those things of, if you don't send this thing about Jesus to 10 other friends, then God will not bless you. Please don't ever do that to me. I hate those mails. I just delete them because you don't put condemnation on people like that. You just love people and right in front of them. This is the face that you need to love. This is where you need to share Jesus, not just on Facebook. Don't think that you've got 100 friends and now you're going you know, to confess your faith in front of 100 friends because it's on Facebook. Ah. Make it real by saying to your child, I love Jesus. And now my son, I want you to love Jesus too as I love him. That's the real world. This Facebook world is not real, by the way. And if you use that, that's great. Bless you. But here Paul comes and he says, oh, my, I love your faith. I love it. And I, and I celebrate it. So get to know people deeper than just face value. And actually, the easier place to start is here, where it's not intimidating. It's actually so easy. He carries on. He says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you. <laughs> He's like, man, you know what? I, I talk about you. I heard about your faith, and I talk about you. And it's so beautiful to, to understand that, that we have partnerships in the gospel that enables us to have not only our own stories to talk about, but the stories of others. The other day, I was traveling with some friends. They came from Lusaka. They picked me up. I needed to get to South Africa, and I happened to be able to catch a lift with them. And as we left here, they don't know about Bulawayo much. And I kept on talking about you. I said, I've got a story to tell. And eventually, after West Nick, I said, to him, you know what? I'm sorry that I'm just talking, I'm sharing so many stories with you, but I just, I have so many stories to tell of mentioning people. And they said, please don't stop. It's so refreshing to hear just stories about what God is doing in the lives of people. 
And because of this partnership with you, I have stories to tell. You guys make me look good because I have stories about what God is doing in your lives and what you are allowing God to do in your lives. It enables me to tell stories to others about how good our God is. I'm raving about you. Since we've moved to Zim, every time we go and see um, friends and family in South, we have stories to tell. And they think we're great. I'm like, no, it's nothing to do with us. It's about me just being able to, to be amongst people. And this week we said, Suwini and I were saying, oh, we've been so blessed to meet so many people. This is our 10th year. On the 5th of January, 2010, we arrived in Bulawayo. Are we celebrating 10 years amongst you on that day? And I've been so blessed because of the partnerships in the gospel that God has enabled us to form. And this afternoon, we go up to Vic Falls and we're establishing partnerships in the gospel there too. And it's a huge privilege. It's an absolute privilege. And I want you to understand that we as a church are called to form partnerships, not just with one another, but wider than this. There are people at work that need to know who you are and your belief system so that they can be drawn into a partnership in the gospel through your commitment to Jesus. Romans was the first book I was going to look at. You can read through the beginning and the end almost of each letter that Paul writes. He writes in the beginning and he states some, he just, he greets them and he says, I love this about you. I appreciate that about you. And sometimes he, 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 he reprimands them. He says that to the, to the church in Galatia and Galatians. He says, come on guys, you started off so well. That's what a partnership means. It's like, hey, I speak into your life. You speak into my life. We correct each other. We help one another towards a faithful following of Jesus. So he starts with Romans. He ends with Romans, and he commends people. He starts with Corinthians. He, he commends them, and, he, and, he, and then he reprimands them. And, and he does that in, in the book of Galatians. He does the same. And in Ephesians, he does the same. And, and in Philippians, he, he talks about this wonderful word. He says, you guys, I so appreciate this about you, the church in Philippi. He says, we've had a partnership in the gospel. And what the church in Philippi had done is that they were supporting Paul financially. They were giving towards him. And say, guys, you're amazing. You make it possible for me to do what God's called me to do. So partnerships often mean that we, we sow into each other's lives, not just financially, but time, effort, interest, because we want others to grow, to benefit. And so this morning, I really had prepared to go through all of this. Galatians, there's certain verses in the beginning, Ephesians, Philippians, Corinthians. But I believe God once has, has said what he wanted to say is that partnership is important for us. Partnership means that I want the best for my fellow believers. 
and partnership starts at home. No matter how dysfunctional a home may be, there's partnership possibilities in each of them. One of the families on camp. is a young boy. He's a leaving school this year. He's got a younger brother, about form two. And they have no parents. They've, over the last couple of years, they've lost um, both their parents. They're orphaned. And on Friday night, as there was some ministry and just people praying for one another, one of the leaders sat down with two, with the older brother and the younger brother. Tiny kid, older brother. Partnering with his brother. So I'll, I'll be there for you. Huge. The, the traumatic thing is that it seems like the older brother has an opportunity to go and study and possibly work a bit in South. And that means that the younger brother would have to stay behind, obviously, and f complete his schooling. And, and there's some, some relatives that could possibly help in that. But I just saw a beautiful picture of, of, of an older brother and a younger brother partnering in God. Just reaching out to each other, saying, I love you. I saw, it was an amazing picture of this older brother just hugging his younger brother. I realized that partnership is possible in any given situation. And if you've given up perhaps in your own function as partnering because there's very little response coming, I want to encourage you. Paul wrote to people that he never met before. And he cries out with his whole being for their well-being. Please don't stop in being faithful in where God has positioned you to partner and to work closely alongside and to fellowship at home, at your workplace, school, wherever it may be. I pray that God will help us to be faithful in this area. That the gospel is not just for me. But the gospel changes me so that I can partner with others in the gospel to help them grow. And to those that don't even know about this partnering thing and not even interested at this stage where I say, God, I pray for them. I hope you have names of people. If I call to remembrance right now, people that you know are far from God that you're praying for, I hope you have people like that because they're potential partners. And if you don't, get them onto your list. Get them into your mind. Get them into your spirit that you pray for them. Because God expects that of us to reach out beyond just our own environment of comfort. And so may God help us to be faithful partners. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, we, we're so desperate for you to help us with these things. You, called on, you call on us, Lord Jesus, to follow you 
and to be faithful in that. And I pray that we will continue to do that and where we fail that we will get up and walk and run and, and remain faithful to you. Lord, this morning I, I want to pray particularly that you will help us to be faithful in the area of partnership in the gospel. The gospel has come to change us and will continue to change us and it needs to increase in our lives. And one area, Lord God, particularly where we need to see it increase is in the area of partnering with people, where we reach out to one another, where children this afternoon could come home from a camp where they were enthused and excited that they will come into our household and that the family around them will support them in the decisions that they made. And that parents will ask them, hey, my son, my daughter, what did God do? How can I help fan into flame what God started? I want to be there for you. I pray, Father, that you will, that you will help parents particularly in that area to be that. But whether kids go on camp or not, whether adults go on camps or whatever, Lord God, I pray that we will be there to stir one another towards good works, that we will partner with each other in the gospel to see Christ being formed in our lives, that we will reach out and, and love and correct and guide and disciple one another into what you have for us so that your name will be glorified. Help us to do it in this church. Help us to do it beyond this church. Lord God, where we see people of other churches that carry the same heart of serving Jesus. Help us to partner with them and celebrate what you're doing in them as well and through them. Father, I pray that even right now this morning, we will be willing to meet somebody else that we've never met before. It's just the first step towards partnering with people. And even right now, Lord God, going across and, and meeting somebody that we've never met before or spoken to before may not mean that we become lifelong buddies, but it just stirs us towards this principle of engaging people and not just being stuck in my own world and being comfortable with how I always do it and just always chatting to the same people but saying, God, I need to force myself out of my comfort zone and engage others that I never actually do. I pray that this exercise right now will stir us towards similar things and similar ones in our daily life where we engage others that we normally don't. I pray, Father, for a partnership in the gospel to take place and to grow in King City Church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.